0: anything can be a podcast, podcast, please welcome to the stage, John Hastings, everyone! Yeah. Yeah. Hello, 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 everyone! How are we doing? We well? Yes! yes. Very nice, nice Enmera midweek energy where you guys are sort of excited to see another person in a room that's usually something else talk about something for a bit. And this one's especially difficult because there's nothing planned, so there's already a few faces that are looking very confused. Hi guys, come on in, how are you? Thanks for showing up. How are you? What's your name? Mary. Mary. How are you, Mary? I detect an accent. Where are you from, Mary? United States. From the United States. What part of the United States? From Michigan. Little... From Michigan. What the fuck is up with this show? No, this is I the. F- the other day. Oh, you were here the other day. That makes it because I was literally like, "What the fuck is going on? Do I have a big following in Michigan? Like, <laughs> <laughs> like I like Iggy Pop, but I didn't think the people of Iggy Pop liked me. Yeah, they do. Now. They do- <laughs> fuck yeah. Listen." I don't know if you guys have ever been to Michigan, but there's one part that's dangerous called Detroit, and the rest of it is just nice people. So come on, in, guys, grab a seat. There's other people behind you coming in. Well, you guys are all taking We're a seat. You're in the nice people part. You nice yeah, come on, sit down. Be very American about it. Take take the lead in front of the British people. <laughs> very good. It's very nice. How are you guys? Good I to see. You. Yeah. Who's who else is coming? The, the colonel. colonel. The colonel. Oh, okay, let me fill you guys in. So yesterday. I had military brass from America in the show. I had a colonel, I had a sergeant first class, and the sergeant first class was married to a colonel. I know what you guys are thinking, sit calm, right guys? (laughs) She's a colonel. He's a sergeant who's doing push-ups. Everyone is. We haven't worked out the theme song yet, but we're going to get to it. And the true sadness of that episode yesterday is we had technical difficulties, so we only got bits and pieces of it. So it only lives in our dreams. And his name, the colonel's name is Scott Goddamn. He's a sergeant. Pardon me. Scott Goddamn. His wife is what's her first name? Michelle? Michelle? Shelva. Shelva Shelva Goddamn? What the fuck is going on? How you guys lost Vietnam with soldiers' names like that, I'll never Goddamn know. As a Canadian, if the commanding officer, if you do not give up, we're sending in Shelva Goddamn. She has a knife and a list of chores. Give up, boys. Give up. Put the pelts down and the crossbows. Because it's the Canadian military, get it? We're not very good. But we are. We fucking are. Without a, We took D-Day the quickest just because we arrived early. And actually, because we arrived early, it meant that all the other beaches were heavily shelled because they were worn. But still, we did it very quickly. Juno Beach. Only one casualty. And it was a guy who drowned because he fell off the boat. <laughs> Which, by the way, is the most Canadian military thing I've ever heard in my entire life. One casualty. What happened? It was slippy. weird. More and more that I don't live in Canada, I feel more and more Canadian. Like I used to fucking hate ice hockey and I find myself defending it, but I have no expertise whatsoever, so I feel kind of like a creationist, but a newly converted one. So it's like, yeah, I can see your point with evolution and the science backs it up and there's actually evidence in our own time because hum- the human race, because of the growth hormones in our food and because of our better medicine, we've actually grown in size and life expectancy, but... In a book that was written a long time ago, it says God went, now it's like this. Your point would be what? (laughs) So guys, welcome to the Anything Would Be Podcast podcast. How it works is very simple like this. I'm going to read a topic or a title given to me by a great comedian at the Fringe, and we're going to go through it. We'll probably pause and talk to various people. You, sir. You have the most fringe audience look I've ever seen, and that you're dressed well, you have glasses that match your face, your hair is that perfect type of like disturbed but on purpose. <laughs> your your beard perfectly matches you like you look like you just finished writing a sonnet and then painting a painting.
1: <laughs>
0: you, did. you did what what is your name, my man? John. John. It's yeah. a fine name. <laughs> do you spell it correctly? I do. Yeah, with the age. If there anyone here named Jonathan? Good. Fuck those German assholes stealing the fine English name that is John. Without Johns, who would have known that you could buy prostitutes? No one. We came up with it first. Yeah, yeah. Without us, who would have Robin Hood fought? The Sheriff of Nottingham? No. He needed Prince John hanging out being so wicked. It was on purpose. He knew that that story needed to be told. Not all the jokes are funny. Now, John, what do you do for a living, sir? I'm
1: uh, retired musician.
0: You're a retired musician. Congratulations for being able to retire from the arts. For those of you that aren't creative who have jobs and health insurance, the idea that you can retire from anything creative is fucking insane. Like, my retirement plan is I die early. That's my... Rep- <laughs> like, that's the only thing. Because what instrument did you play?
1: electric violin.
0: The electric... How the fuck did you retire from that? <laughs> By
1: being successful.
0: You can tell he's a fucking badass right there. Did you hear that, Tom? By being successful, I always look at my electric violin from the pool I have in front of my house because I want I want people to know that I have a swimming pool in the UK. I've renamed my manor, go fuck yourself. The electric violin. That's fantastic, and have you played on anything we might know? Yeah. Holy shit. Because I the only violin song I know is The Devil Went Down to Georgia. Did you play on the Devil Went Down to Georgia? Imagine if it was Charlie Daniels, guys. Do you guys know? You guys, Americans, what's up, Charlie Daniels? Right? It's fucking great. For those you don't know, so America has this music called country music, and some of it is really good. And then there's this period when it went fucking batshit, and that's that period when hillbillies got access to cocaine. And let me tell you. Riders on the Storm. There's this group. It's a super group, and it's called the Highwaymen. And it's Willie Nelson, Johnny Cash, Waylon Jennings, Merle Haggard. I don't know why I'm looking at you, but Dylan. No, Bob Dylan wasn't in it. He was in the Traveling Wilburys, you fucking idiot! (laughs) Don't confuse your super groups! The Highwaymen were really old. The Traveling Wilburys were pretty old. Like, it was Roy Overson and then a but, like George Harrison was there, and you can really tell that George Harrison was like an also-ran, because he's always the last one. I like George Harrison, but he's not the best Beatle, and here's why. It's John Lennon, because John Lennon, he died early, so he hadn't gone through that period where, like, this music sucks shit. Just play fucking Let It Be and walk the fuck away from the piano, man. <laughs> And George Harrison, he made—he was too prolific. So some of his solo work is great. <laughs> and then in the '80s, he did that song like a fucking, um, I—the uh, song, the Weird Al parody is this song. only has five words, but it's like "I'm so in love with you," and it's literally. Say, do you know what song I'm talking about? Yeah, on the album cover, he's transposed on clouds with sunglasses, smiling <laughs> like this, like he's a kids' entertainer. He looks like a fucking prick, and I don't like him anymore. <laughs> And yet, Ringo Starr, for me, is my favorite because he acts the way a beetle should act. He walks around like his shit don't stink. Liverpool honored him and his speech was, I never really liked this town. <laughs> When he he was get, he was always getting asks for autographs and stuff like that. And so when YouTube came out, he didn't want autographs anymore. You have to look at this video. It's fucking amazing. He's in his parlor. He's in like this robe. He's wearing sunglasses inside. The sign of a douchebag. And and he's just and he's got his feet up and he goes peace and love, peace and love. After the third of October, no more things will be signed. If you send them, they will be returned. You will pay the postage. Peace and love, peace and love. I'm far too busy to be signing anything else. Peace and love, peace and love. I'm just thinking, you Ringo Starr. What the fuck else are you doing? Like besides walking around calling Paul. Hey, can we get back together? Because I would love to buy a solarium. So back to you, sir, John. Electric violin player. What is one song we would know? This is how successful he is. He's like, well, which one am I going to choose? <laughs> so
1: many. Um,
0: Fuck yeah. I'm so impressed with you, sir. Because uh, you, you literally be are the... Rubbish from it. No, it's not. Uh, you are living the dream that I aspire to, is to be able to go, hey, comedy, suck dicks. I'm going to go sit in this wooded house, grow a beard, chop wood, and sing the blues. Because that's what all the performers really want, is we want to be that guy in the beginning of every road movie. goes, you want to be careful down that road. Uh, they put rhubarb in their pies, if you know what I mean. <laughs> right John. See, he knows what I'm talking about. But I'd rather be writing comedy. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're part of a comedy show right now, brother. <laughs> yeah, yeah, is that really? Yeah. Cuz you're yeah. whoever this is with you is looking at me yeah. like I shit in her cereal. Is this your partner. your partner? Yeah. 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 you never know what to say anymore. No, 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 no. You kind of just motion you go, yeah. this is the person you do stuff to yeah. with yeah. your <laughs> penis. I guess I don't know. Again, I am not improving relations with you at all, That. Just see. She doesn't look impressed. No, I can tell. Trust me, I also have eyes. Absolutely. That got her, too. I knew, because she's like, nah, I'm fucking with his head. Hey, yeah, you get John talking about the electric violin. I've heard enough about the fucking electric violin. Yeah, I was there when he bought it. He walked in and went, and he was like, I'm going to be a success. And I went, no, you're fucking not. And then the '80s came around, and the guitar happened, and who the fuck knew?
1: Or in my case, the '70s. The '70s. This is in the
0: '70s. Oh, yeah. Fuck yes! Oh, all right. Let's. Oh, there are so many good songs. Were you involved in the band? Yes.
1: No, a bit like. Been after that. A bit
0: yeah, in after, that. After that. Yeah. Oh, we're getting into prop, Get ready for because this John. You look like a grounded individual. But I don't know if you guys know about prog rock in the 70s, but there were some mustache choices that were questionable. There were keyboard solos that went on for days. There's this guy, Rick Wakeman, who literally looks like the drawing of a drug addict. And there's this famous footage of them trying to record Sabbath, Bloody Sabbath, and Rick Wakeman plays keyboards on it. And he makes Ozzy Osbourne in the 70s look sober. Do you know how fucked up you have to be to do... Ozzy Osbourne is known for shitting and then drawing with it on his, on his hotel room walls. Motley Crew did one tour with him. After four days, they asked for a separate bus because when they got off at a, uh, at a hotel in Florida, um, Ozzy Osbourne did all of the cocaine, then stole a woman's sundress, was wearing it, kept finding glass to break, then they ran out of cocaine and he saw some ants, and he went, oh, just snort these then. That's a good idea. And he sorted that, and then he peed, and then he went, you snort that, Nicky Six. And Nicky Six went, he's like, well, I'm going to have to, because I don't know what this guy's going to do if I don't do it. And before he can, Ozzy drank the pee and went, I wanted it anyway. <laughs> so in the seventh, like, so, which, which band song?
1: Um, the, the, the number one was uh, Come Up and See Me, Make Me
0: Smile. Come Up and See Me, Make Me Smile, that was a number one hit? Oh, do you have the gold record in your house? Not me. Not you personally. Record company fucked you, didn't you? <laughs> that fucking Dick Clark, right man? But for those of you who don't know, Dick Clark had all the money in the world because to get on his show in America, which was the equivalent of Top of the Pops, but without a pedophile hosting it, he uh, <laughs> um, he—you had to sign him to his royalty. So it would be like James Brown and the the like the Flaming Forty Five and Dick Clark wrote. <laughs> fucking Mr. Popcorn or uh, Ooh, I Feel Good. I can't remember any James Brown songs. The <laughs> Boss. I was listening I'm like Ooh, I Feel Good. Who the fuck wrote that? <laughs> Mr. Popcorn? What song is James Brown song. I know it. Thank you very much. I got it, miss. Thank you, Peanut Gallery. I didn't realize the old men from The Muppet Show were here. <laughs> um, and who was that song by? Pardon me. No,
1: Steve Harley. and
0: S- Steve, Steve Harley. Harley. And Cockney Rebel. I really wish I knew this band, but I don't. I'm sorry. I'm I am yeah. too young. Thank yeah. you. You've changed from anger to compassion. You're too young to remember good music. You were born in the 80s, or as we called it, that time we let Flock of Seagulls think they were famous. Do you guys, anyone here know about Flock of Seagulls? Yeah, yeah John. Yeah, fuck them. It was a vacuum. It was it? a vacuum. Yeah. It is literally the worst fucking... There. It's just a guy, and it looks like his hair is trying to escape it's just they associate shit, what's their song is and I, and i run so far if you played grand theft auto vice city it's all over that fucking game And they're just the worst. The 80s in this country was the exact opposite of the 60s and 70s in this country for music. In the 60s and 70s, it was like, you like the Beatles? You like the Rolling Stones? You like the who? And then they were like, well, fuck that, because after Pink Floyd, now it's the Sex Pistols and Billy Idol, which was lesser good, but I kind of like Rebel Yellow, the white Wedding goes on for far too long. And then they came up with like Flock of Seagulls. And then it was just a guy shitting into a keyboard. And then... There was that guy. Oh, they were. They became the fucking the guys who made the hacienda in Manchester. Oh, what the fuck were their names? Joy Division. They were very good. But then they were that other band, New Order, which was a band. And uh, and then yeah, I guess you guys like New Order. Anyway, so flock of seagulls <laughs> were shit. We need to start the show, don't we? If, if the cardinal shows up, we're all going to be doing push-ups. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> And John, now so now that you're a retired musician, what made you want to retire from being a musician?
1: Um, well, I still play a bit. I still write a bit. But I don't perform.
0: You don't perform? No, no. So you're like Brian Wilson, I only kinda, less druggy. I kind of
1: got out of the music business when I was 21. You, know, that was it. you retired at 21? Well, I got out of the music business at 21,
0: yeah. So what do you do now, John? I
1: do it at this. I fill my days.
0: You fill your days. <laughs> I now understand why you're so angry, miss.
1: <laughs>
0: just waking up every morning, you're going to your job, he's just sprawled on the other side of the bed. <laughs> maybe I'll wax the strings, maybe I'll sleep too known. That's <laughs> how tired you are.
1: Doesn't rosin the Bow. Rosin Today's the Bow?
0: Rosin in the Bow day. It takes all day. Rosin. Everyone else heard the masturbation joke in that, right?
1: <laughs> <laughs> rosin
0: in the Bow? Fuck. It's the name of my new pop group. Straight up, of course it is. You gotta make sure it's lubed. There is nothing worse than any instrument being tuned or repaired though. Have you guys ever been around anyone tuning a guitar? It's like it's like putting a cat in a microwave full of I don't know, sadness. I can't think of another word. But it's just it's literally like just even a guitar, it's just ding 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 ding. I played the, uh, the Sonosphere Festival this year, which is the this heavy metal festival. It's literally the greatest weekend of my life because I love heavy metal and I love the people who love heavy metal because no one gives a fuck about their appearance more than metalheads above the age of 30. Like, below that, they're like, I'm being cool. Yes, I am wearing a vinyl jacket, but it's fine. Look at my girlfriend. She looks like an eight-year-old drawed skulls on her. We're hip and cool. And then after 30, they're just like, this is who I am. I know I am bald, but it is still long hair. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> so you just walked around the grounds. I don't smoke weed, but I save it for special occasions. So I smoked an unreasonable amount of weed and being high around metal, it's just a fucking joy. Cause you're just fascinated being like, he has a skull tattooed on his face. He has a skull on his skull. <laughs> this is fucking amazing. And they had rides, so they had like a slide, and they had a Ferris wheel, and they had like bumper cars, which you guys call dodgeums, which is such a shitty name for them, because you're not there to dodge, you're there to ram into your friend until their car breaks down, and then you do circles around them and go, Fuck you! <laughs> So that, me and my friend Ryan, listen, if you have the opportunity to go to a heavy metal festival with my friend Ryan, do it, because everyone else, everyone else is in leather and denim, I'm in black t-shirts with skulls, I'm walking around just elated, because my name was on the same poster as Iron Maiden, Metallica, Slayer, Anthrax, Alice in Chains, Therapy, all the fucking bands I grew up with, and Limp Bizkit, which is kind of nice to know that I got better billing than Limp Bizkit, and... It's not true, but it'll happen one day, because my career may not be going up, but theirs is going down. And uh, so we're walking right now. Everyone else is dressed metal to the nines. My friend Ryan shows up, he brings no other clothes, waterproof pants, wellies, a beige shirt with a star on it, sunglasses, and a hat that had Mr. Hanky from South Park on it. Now. My mom listens to this podcast, so I'm not going to admit to any drug use, but let's just say that Ryan said, hey, we should do some MDMA, and I said, I don't think so. And I shoved him. (laughs) And then he said, no, we shouldn't, and he shoved me back, and I didn't want to fall on the muddy ground, so I tried to grab onto him, and I, I accidentally reached into his pocket, and I grabbed the big bag of MDMA, and I got scared, so I threw it away, and then he pushed me for abusing his drugs, and I flew over into a place where no one else could see me and as i was landing on the ground the bag of mdma also opened and landed right in my mouth I went, <laughs> to me? We're gonna, you can't prove i did it so <laughs> so he and i are on a fun amount of mdma a lot of weed way too much beer at a metal festival and he's literally going around and he's just stretching, just while watching the band. Just, yeah! And the deftones are playing, and I'm far too close to the speaker, so I'm just getting angry, and then I turn over, and there's this circle of metal heads, and then my friend Ryan going, play the hits, boys! And then he, he also didn't know who the deftones were, so he was just yelling out metal-sounding names. Enter school, boy! Time! Who wants to die, probably! (laughs) It was so fun. And then, Iron Maiden. You guys are familiar with Iron Maiden? Okay, well. Iron Maiden is not so big in North America, but they are fucking massive in Europe. In South America, they're the biggest thing going. They play for like 400,000 people. So they have more money than they know what to do with. So for this festival, which was their last show of the tour, they hired an antique air force to recreate the Battle of Britain before they went on stage. You don't know rock and roll decadence until you see old World War I and World War II planes just circling afield, and they kind of told you what it was going to be, but you're like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> like, I know the British Army, the British government doesn't have a lot of money right now, but if this is an invasion, and this is who's defending us, we're fucked. <laughs> and it's just going around, and then like the planes are like dodging low, and I don't know if you've allegedly been on MDMA and a lot of weed, but you <laughs> see a plane, like, that's gonna, that's gonna crash into us. Ugly Ryan is just begging, he's like, come on! What do you got? <laughs> I started calling him Kilgore from Apocalypse Now, because he literally was just Robert Duvall, just walking around, now nothing's gonna phase me. <laughs> The problem was he had never seen that movie so I kept asking him if he wanted to go surfing and he was like, oh, well, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Who here has seen Apocalypse Now? Yeah. Yeah. John? Yeah. Yes? Yeah.
1: Year.
0: Years ago. Yeah. No one else has seen that See that movie. It's oh, both the best wow. oh. and the fucking craziest movie. Literally, Martin Sheen, who's playing the main character, they hired him two weeks in because Harvey Keitel was like, I'm not working with you, Francis Ford Coppola. You've lost your goddamn mind. You've hired the actual army of uh, some African country to play the army, and they're also fighting a civil war. So I'm gonna go. And he was like, yeah, fine, 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 yeah, sure. I owe like 10 million dollars to various banks that I lied to, so yeah, I'll find someone else. So he just flew to LA. Martin Sheen agreed to meet him at the airport. He walked off the plane and went, you're hired, get on this plane with me right now. <laughs> Fly back, Martin Sheen was in the middle of divorce, had a big drinking problem. So the opening scene of the movie, Martin Sheen is lying in a hotel room, and there were a bunch of things that were supposed to happen. Instead, Martin Sheen just drank a lot of whiskey and had a mental breakdown. And Francis Ford Coppola was like, "Film it. Go ahead. Let's see what happens." <laughs> <laughs> so he's punching mirrors. He's just going, "Yeah, yeah!" There's an edit. There's an edit at one point, and that's because he turned to Francis Ford Coppola and started going, "Fuck you, Francis! Fuck you! I don't want to do this!" I'm not in the military! I'm a man! And then he's shirtless, and that's because he took off his shirt and threw it out the window. (laughs) And then they just had the actor knock on the door. And Martin Sheen, competent professional, was like, "Oh, there's someone there. All right," <laughs> <laughs> and goes into the scene. So they're constantly broken down. And then Marlon Brando. First of all, Dennis Hopper does not remember being in the movie, and he was on set for six weeks. <laughs> and he plays a photographer, but he wasn't supposed to play a photographer. He's supposed to play a military person, but he just showed up with a camera. And was on so much drugs, he's like, "I'm a cameraman now." <laughs> and Francis Ford Coppola was at the end of his like wits end because he's paid. He literally owes was millions upon millions. The movie's runtime was four hours. And he was just like, yeah, you're a cameraman. Just say whatever the fuck you want. Get to Marlon Brando. And so there's this long speech that makes no sense, but when you have that context, you're like, okay. And it's not Dennis Hopper playing a character. It's Dennis Hopper talking about Marlon Brando. And he just goes, he's a wise man, he's a kind man. Revolution's coming, man. Better be ready, gonna do it. And then he just takes a picture and runs away. And then Marlon Brando shows up, and Marlon Brando was truly my favorite Hollywood train wreck, because you guys are like, oh, but what about Justin Bieber? He eggs someone. Marlon Brando was professional twice in his career, and that was when he played Stanley Kowalski on uh, Streetcar Named Desire, and then in the movie where he says, uh, what are you rebelling against? He goes, whatever you got, and that's it. And then the rest of his career was, I'm a shithead, what the fuck are you going to do? <laughs> Godfather, he refused to learn, learn his lines because he felt he wasn't being paid enough. He demanded 75 million dollars in 1970-something, which was like saying, to do this movie, I would like the moon made of chocolate. Now. So they were like, you can't have that. You're out of work and have no money and have like 11 divorces. How about you just take what we're offering you? And he went, fine then. And then he was just a prick the entire time. Shows up for Apocalypse Now. He was supposed to lose a lot of weight because he's supposed to be in the jungle starving. He intentionally gained 50 pounds. (laughs) (laughs) Refused to learn his lines. Refused. He showed up and he he walked, uh, like they're in the middle of a shot. And Francis Ford is like directing, being like, yeah, helicopter there. Don't actually kill him, even though you are a soldier. Dennis Hopper, put that cocaine down and give it to me. And Marlon Brando just walked up and went, I didn't learn the lines. And just walks into his trailer. (laughs) So Francis Ford Coppola was like, well. It takes a prick to be a prick. So he got a megaphone and stood outside of his trailer all night just reading the script to him. (laughs) (laughs) Marlon Brando emerged the next day and just kept referring it to as this silly little film. (laughs) What a silly little film. So what they did is they dressed him all in black and they just whispered the lines to him. So all of his lines are like two words because it's just like, the whore, the whore and, and one side uh, the performance is really beautiful because it looks like he's distant and doesn't give a fuck about all the craziness that's happening or you're watching a man who really doesn't give a fuck just going how much am I making for that one million, two million, three million I'm going like, to send someone to collect this Oscar and claim that they're Native American but actually they're just a girl I found on the Hollywood highway and I'm gonna, that's what he did when he won for The Godfather he sent this woman who claimed to be her name was like Shelley Bluefeathers and she claimed to be from like the Native Americans people. She wasn't, she was just a girl that Marlon Brando was fucking. And he was like, dress up like a Native American, go tell them that, it'll be funny. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking tremendous. Like that's why I get pissed off when people are like, what's gonna happen with Bieber? Well, Britney Spears Spears showed her pussy one time. It's like Hollywood up until like 1980 was just a bunch of lunatics with money. Like Martin Scorsese, there's a book called Easy Rider Raging Bulls and there's a chapter called I Fucked Marty. And that tiny Italian man basically led his way through his cock through. He fucked Margot Kidder. I think he fucked George Lucas somehow. Like <laughs> <laughs> it was insane. And so let's start, let's start the show, shall we? Because we're twenty nine <laughs> minutes in. We have not gotten anywhere, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Talked about John, and then for some reason I summated Apocalypse Now. Seriously, watch that movie. Like what the fuck, Scarface? Who here seen Scarface without Pacino? What, 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 what are you doing? That movie doesn't make any fucking sense. There's an entire hour, and then a clown dies, Richard Belzer's in it, and he's not playing that character that solves rapes. It's annoying. <laughs> On order reference. All right, our uh, title of the podcast that is starting 30 minutes late is uh, from Celia Pacolia. She's a fantastic Australian comedian. She's an award-winning person. Go see her show. You're going to love her. She's very nice, always very polite. Uh, she's one of those people in my life that we've met each other for the first time about 11 times but now we finally know each other's names. And we get you get that, because you were in the yeah, music yeah. business. So you meet all these people like 11 times, and you're like, hi, who, who are you? And they go, I'm Jane, we slept together twice. And you're like, oh yeah, whoopsie daisy. <laughs> um, um, and so here it is. It's, uh, for the record though, I've never slept with Celia Bacolia, because she had a, girl, a, a girlfriend, a boyfriend for like 10 years. But Lord knows, a lot of comedians have tried, because comedians are goddamn gross dogs. I saw a guy <laughs> today, today, I was walking down a hill, and he literally just yelled across the street, hey baby, we should fuck tonight. <laughs> and he just stood there looking at her, and the girl turned around and like pointed at herself, and you could see in her face, she was just like, Really? (laughs) That's your fucking move? Like, my girlfriend is right there. That's my girlfriend. And she gets heckled all the time. Right now, a bunch of guys... I saw you, Paul, guys, like, welcome to go, John. You creepy son of a bitch with your tie at the Edinburgh Festival. What do you do besides sell drugs? (laughs) sell more drugs. You sell more drugs? What's your name, brother? Callum. Callum? And what do you do for a living, actually, Callum? I'm a sales manager. Sales manager. How close am I? What do you sell? Do you actually sell drugs? No. <laughs> Don't put that out there, man. You'll <laughs> get arrested. What do you sell? Charities. You sell charities? What the fuck does that mean? <laughs> what do you sell? Like, you sell charities to other charities? No, no, no. Sign people oh, signing people up. Oh, you sign people up. Are you one of those fucking binder people that are on the street in London all the time? Would you like to help PETA? No, I would not like to help PETA. You guys are an unethical organization. You've murdered people and you protect the rights of animals. And two! members of your leadership are diabetic, meaning they use animal products to keep them alive. How about they die and make some fucking sacrifice for the people, you fucking hypocritical piece of shit organization? No. I fucking hate PETA. I hate him so much. I very rarely get on a pit soapbox. But I want to fight them all, because they're just such cocksuckers. They've literally authorized the murder of four people. They've backed one person who kept blowing up universities all over the United States, one in Michigan. And they continually just go, yeah, but fur, sometimes puppies die. And he goes, yeah, but people are more important than puppies. I love puppies, but a thousand people, puppies can die before one human does. That's the way I live my life, because I'm better than you. And, also, (laughs) here's the other thing. If you're gonna be like, animal rights forever, no animal should die, then you don't get to be like, but, because I'm really important, because I'm a a posh, blonde lady from England and I've never actually experienced anything bad, I get to have insulin because my cause is so important. So shut the fuck up. I can't remember her name, but if you guys could do me a favor and just punch her in the face, that'd be great. (laughs) I really didn't know I hated Adidas so much, but I really do. Just Everyone else I support. like Greenpeace, I will always chat with those people. I will not give them money. No, no, no. (laughs) How's your day? And they're like, really good, because I don't know how you see people treat the people with the binders but it's a lot of like get fucked seriously <laughs> like if there's a house fire could you walk into it and just stand there that'd be lovely yeah <laughs> if the fire brigade comes can you tell them not me this is how i'm supposed to die and then i will donate to your cause. like <laughs> it's just my friend colin uh did it for a day he did it for a day he supported um uh, aids not supported AIDS. He was against AIDS. <laughs> <laughs> that charity. Is that charity ever come? We're for AIDS, actually. <laughs> we think they look really good. Purple goes with everything. That was a very mean joke. I feel very bad about that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, John. Don't, as an electric violin player, or as it's also known, the people who have supported the fight against AIDS the most in the electric music company <laughs> Whatever their electrified instruments are, there specifically, there's electric violin, electric keyboard, but there's no electric bassoon.
1: Probably. yeah. It's pretty much electric bagpipes. There's an electric
0: bagpipe. Yeah. How bad does that sound?
1: <laughs> I was thinking, you know, about the apocalypse now thing. How do
0: people understand? I love the smell of haggis in the morning. If they've never seen that film. Good fucking point. Yeah, do you no, guys no. understand yeah, that? Yeah, I love the smell of haggis in the morning. That slogan. All right, it comes from back to apocalypse now. Another great moment. So Robert Duvall, who's the only professional, he is supposed to be playing a colonel of a helicopter brigade. So in the Vietnam War, what the Americans (laughs) would do is they'd fly these helicopters in, and then they'd get out and be like, that's a village, what are we going to do? Well, one of them could be Viet Cong. How about we kill them? No, 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 better idea. We've invented this stuff called napalm, and it was literally just invented by a scientist in Harvard, but they didn't test it, and it's basically fire that sticks. And so the Americans are just like, put that on a plane, take it to the jungle, let's see what happens and so they did that and Kilgore plays a guy who's one of these brigades that goes in and scouts and they send people in and Robert Duvall played it like a Civil War general because Robert Duvall loves the Civil War and so he's constantly wearing a Civil War hat he's also obsessed with surfing so he keeps making people surf while it's happening it's a really weird movie and when they, they shoot the napalm he's leaned, shirtless like a 70s man not men now with like no muscle definition and no chest hair but all chest hair man titties Beer gut. Far too big boots. And he goes, I love the smell of napalm in the morning. It smells like victory. And then he looks dead in the camera and nods, because I don't think that they were supposed to be done finishing, but there was a lot of drugs on that set, so Francis was like, yeah, it's fine, it's fine. More heroin. More heroin. we got to get to Celia's topic, guys, because we are 35 minutes in. although. The electric bagpipe? because <laughs> oh, <yeah, yeah. laughs> like, I, I love the sound of bagpipes played by a really good bagpipe pa- player, but unless you are top-line Babe Ruth, David Beckham, if you're the Wayne Rooney of playing bagpipes, you are just going to annoy the fuck out of me. Because if it's off-key even a bit, you're just like, Ah! My brainstem is bruised! <laughs> <laughs> Although, I've, I've always thought this, why... Because you always see... See you later, sir. One lover of bagpipes like, fuck this, I'm out of here. How dare you? You always see in protests, you always see drums. You always see drum circles for protests, right? But I like drum circles, that's not annoying. You get with the beat. Bagpipes, though. You hand those out to, Occupy Wall Street would have taken over the world in about 45 minutes if those sweaty, gross hippies were loaded up with bagpipes and gas masks. Wall Street's would have just caved. They would just like D- tell them to shut the fuck up. We will pay everything back. We understand. We raped the entire world for ill-gotten gains. Make them stop trying to play Rowdy Roddy Piper's uh, theme music. It's the only bagpipe piece I know. I don't know anything else. Also, that part of Mulligan Tire by Wings, where the bagpipes are. Wings, right? Yeah, thank you, John. The rest of you... Okay, so Paul McCartney had this other band <laughs> uh, that was supposed to play music and instead it played some stuff. And uh, it has one good song called Band on the Run and then some other songs. And uh, it's him and his wife. Same thing about Linda McCartney. Not much of a musician. She kind of just stood there. Apparently her microphone wasn't always plugged in. And so they were a band. All right, Celia Peculia, here we go. Uh, hi, John. Okay, here's my potential vague show title. It's always the quiet
1: ones.
0: Pretty apt so far, right guys? Uh, Don't know if that's the kind of thing you're looking for, or if it's supposed to start off a bit of funny. Uh, Well, been going pretty good so far. Anyway, I had a long day, all right? I'm doing my best. Why are you always giving me such a hard time, Celia? A little fucking aggressive at the end there, didn't I? I think this is an example, it's obviously an example of like comedians trying to be funny in emails. The thing with comedians is we're always trying to get attention because someone in our lives is kind of like, I don't want to hear it. Go over there and we're like, I'll show you. I'm going to take the money that you wanted to give me for university and I'm going to spend it on a theater degree, dad and mom. And then I'm going to go to Scotland and talk about Apocalypse Now for 35 minutes. (laughs) And some people are going to appreciate it and other people are going to go, I wish the colonel would show up and show this man fucking who's boss. (laughs) you guys aren't in the military? No, yeah. No. you are his two sisters. You're his two sisters. So why didn't you guys go into the military?
1: I have no idea.
0: It's a good answer. Didn't follow
1: the three brothers. Didn't
0: follow three brothers. What did you? What profession did you go into? Uh, I've had many over the years. Good, me too. Yeah. Like to try everything once. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. That's how I feel about haggis. <laughs> i <laughs> tried it once. Yeah, I've tried I it. I've tried it since I got here. Uh, did you like it? Yes, I did. Yeah, right, it's like sausage's naughty sister.
1: Yeah, you just don't want to know exactly what
0: it's, what's done to it. Yeah, I find it funny that only haggis is the thing that we know what's in it. Do you know what's in sausage? It's like yeah. assholes, eyeballs, yeah. a tooth, and, yeah. and then it's Brain. It's brain? In Germany, it's brain. Yeah. and the white sausage, you've got brain in there. Are you from Germany? We live in Germany, Yes. You are the most German man I've ever met in my entire <laughs> life. You that? As soon as uh, sausage was LET ME TELL YOU ABOUT SAUSAGE! <laughs> It's always the quiet ones! <laughs> that was fucking tremendous. Just out of. If we mentioned beer, I think your head would have exploded. <laughs> <laughs> you need not drink beer appropriately! Your cups don't have that little lid up there to clear you, ha! Huh? Where are the boot glasses? In Germany, they have a boot glass that you can drink all in one go, and if you don't do it properly, then you spill everywhere, right? <laughs> yes, see? They know how to get down, but they have to get very drunk to get disorganized, and by disorganized, I mean one napkin is on the, on the, or serviette, sorry. I know, napkins or diapers to you people, but I'm from a different place, so our words are slightly different. You know, you can do it too. It's called accepting other cultures. Now, <laughs> even the Germans have tried. It didn't always go so well. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna do it. Classic question. Where were you during the Holocaust?
1: You're <laughs> born.
0: Not born. Good answer. <laughs> Likely story. I think Himmler used the same one, my friend.
1: <laughs> I,
0: I I actually very much like Germans. I think they do have a very good sense of humor. I never really got through where that stoic sort of thing came from. I think it's just because Germany's very nice, and the rest of Europe always looks like someone's apartment or flat that they tried to clean up really quickly, but they didn't completely get it. Like there's always just like, yeah, this part's nice. Do not go over there. What's over there? Uh, Okay. And, but like Germany, it's because there was that day when Russia and the UK used all of their stuff to make it not a place anymore, that it's beautiful and modern and clean and nice and you guys are all sweet. And it's so and people are like, wow, why, why are they smiling with their prosperity? <laughs> what do they know that we don't know? <laughs> Has it got something to do with, they have that road that you can go at any speed at? The Autobahn? Is it scary to drive on the Autobahn? Oh, it's lovely. I love to uh, take my car up to complete limit. What? Yeah. I've never done that in my life. I literally drive 10 whatever the speed meter's measurement is over the speed limit and I'm literally like, look at this rebel. <laughs> I'm getting a neck tattoo to a leather jacket. I'm going to show everyone my balls. Like I'm just Johnny Law-abiding because I get so frightened around police because police officers in Canada are just chomping at the bit to do something because there's, the crime, it's always just kids. It's just kids being petty Van. I don't know what it's like in you're part of Michigan. Because I know there's a part where the police are busy. But <laughs> Very peaceful. Very peaceful and so like that. So the police there for like a traffic stop. Because in North America, there was this problem for a while where people didn't want to pay for their tickets so they would shoot the police officers and drive away. It's fucking horrible that they did that. But what that means now in North America, when the police officer comes to get, give you a ticket, his gun is drawn at the window. So you're just like going 20 over the speed limit. And then... I'm I'm just and the problem is I drive with my mother and my mother is amazing but she she is very she loves authority but if authority oversteps its bounds you are in fucking trouble (laughs) my mom got into a car accident one time what happened was a truck backed completely into her car it was completely that guy's fault and the damage on his truck was negligible but the damage on my mom's car was very bad and he wanted to not call insurance he just wanted to deal with it, and the police officer was kind of just being like, "Yeah, just do that. It's easier paperwork." And my mom was just like, "I don't think so. Your badge number is da 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 da. My insurance is already called. They'll be hearing about this." And like the police, I was like, "Oh, for fuck's sake!" Like she's always about <laughs> authority. Another time, she tangled with the police. This story actually scares me. She was driving and she stopped at a stop sign, or something happened, so she stopped and she stopped, but it's this blind stop sign. There's like all these bushes, so you can't tell if the car has stopped or not. And she went through, and the police officer thought she didn't stop. But there's a camera. It's important. And so he didn't think she stopped. The so the police officer followed my mom home. And when she got out of her car, the police officer got in. On the ground! What are do you doing? My mom is this sweet, middle-aged professor with a little backpack. And she's <laughs> like, what, what do you mean? I no! And then the police officer accused her of being a liar. And there is one thing that Joanne McNeish is not, and that is a lie. She is never told a lie. I've been with her in awkward situations where she's like, That play was about 90 minutes. Okay. Like, <laughs> most honest woman. And, she, and the officer's like, You did this. And she went, No, I did it. Call in the camera! And they call in the camera, and the whole thing happened, and she ended up going to the court, and the guy got in a lot of trouble. And my mom will still tell that story. I'd be like, remember, if they pull you over, make sure you obey the law, but those police, you have to watch out for them. <laughs> <laughs> this is awesome. She's coming to the festival this year, and I cannot wait for her to get here because she loves this. She's a marketing professor, so this is just her. Dream. Just everyone just going, this thing, that thing. It's gotten five stars given to her by a man who owns a shoe. Like it's just like, it's like every day. She walks around to the flyers and she compliments them and then also gives them tips, like (laughs) a little bit of a smile. want a smile? Bring them in, bring them in. Not too much, not too much. Have a good day. Just looking at her like, who who are you? (laughs) And then she'll say, I'm John Hastings, mom. And then walk away as if they know who I am. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's just, it's absolutely amazing. I cannot wait. She's going to, uh, it's going to be interesting. I talk a lot about drugs in my other show, and that's always weird, because she'll come up and be like, oh, didn't know you'd done that. Because <laughs> I, uh, my mom has never done drugs ever. Ne- neither of my parents have ever done drugs. Have, have you guys done? Yeah,
1: no, I mean, I'm talking about my parents. Your parents have never done drugs. No. But you guys have. No. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> Understood,
0: understood. But my mom has never never done drugs, but the problem is she grew up in the 70s, so she knows what drugs look like. And the, and the rule when I was a teenager, it was a very smart rule, she just said, drugs are illegal, so if you are caught with drugs, I'm treating you like a prisoner. You will get a mattress and uh, three meals a day, which will be cereal, and that is it. And then she went, and I will not speak to you for one year. And I was like, really? And she was like, yes and then you walk away. So I was just petrified of ever doing drugs. And then I turned 18 and my mom was just like, yeah, do whatever you want. I probably wouldn't have followed through on that actually, but uh, <laughs> I'm glad I believed you. Her other thing was if I ever skipped school, uh, this is still, and by the way, for the parents out there, use this, because this will keep your kid attending every fucking class. If you ever attend school, that means you miss me, your mom, and I will come to school with you the next day dressed in the clothing of my choosing. (laughs) And my mom would then go to her closet and show me the witch's uniform she would wear at Halloween, including the nose, and also she would go to the textbooks and go, now we need to make sure that you've done all the reading, so we'll ask the teacher if they've read chapter one, chapter two, and I was like, I will fucking kill you. (laughs) I went to every class. There was a day at my school called cut day where everyone would cut school. It was the last day, and I was there. By myself, just write my name down on the attendance. I don't need my mom showing up in the middle of the summer and breaking into this school and just sitting there going. Have you read chapter one? Have you read chapter two? Very good. Any kids, John? Yeah. Yeah. How many? Two. Two. Did you ever do any drugs? Me? Yeah. Um. Non-steroidal anti-inflammatories
1: and paracetamol. 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 That's it.
0: You played the electric violin, and all you did was rock some paracetamol, and that was it. Yeah, and,
1: uh, and a couple other things. A yeah. couple other things. What <laughs> <that I was. laughs> no one's
0: in prog rock sober. They would just go, "That guitar solo is too long. Cut your hair. You look like an asshole." <laughs> Not a lot of prog rock fans. All right, let's uh, let's sum up this one last thing. So, what are you guys doing in from Michigan? the a lacrosse tournament? No, the, the youngest brother... This has been going on through days. You guys, it's like you're watching a soap opera. Imagine you're watching EastEnders, but you're like me, and you watch one episode of EastEnders, and you go, why are they constantly cutting the camera? Who the fuck is this woman? What the fuck is going on? What's that bong noise? It ends with a bum-bum-bum. Anyway.
1: The youngest brother moved here just over a year ago for his job.
0: That's the colonel.
1: No, no, that's the retired one. What Not the,
0: f- the one that was here. Wait a minute. How <laughs> many people are in your family? Three
1: brothers and two
0: sisters. Five children? I understand why your, your parents didn't do drugs. They were high from lack of sleep for 18 years. <laughs> yeah. Three boys, two girls? Yes. Oh, and God, the bathrooms must have been so gross. <laughs> we,
1: had, we had two. Yeah, we had two bathrooms.
0: Still, that's <laughs> that's seven people with two bathrooms. Yeah. Bad Mexican. That's a nightmare. <laughs> so you get
1: Mexican anymore.
0: You're in Rock, there's a place called Rock, Michigan. Yes. How cool is that town? Does it rock?
1: No. I knew it, it does wouldn't.
0: Not. <laughs> yeah, there's a place in Canada called Rock Island. Oh. Yeah, and it's just, it's just, it's just home of the tree. I'm dead serious it's above the tree line and so it's one tree that they put in soil that they have to bring in and people go and visit the tree it's, Canada's a fucked up place because well, you're not in the cities it's literally like what is there to do Well, we could go look for a moose or we could sleep I'm not tired okay. is Michigan kind of like that like it's like outdoorsy but not that fun outdoorsy that kind of like there's a well I guess we'll go fishing because it's better than killing you and eating you like yeah. or
1: looking at the two TV channels that you might get fuzzy yeah. oh fuck yeah. yeah
0: I'm 29 and I feel older and older every day because it's like with digital cable and stuff like that it's like when I was growing up you had the fucking the fucking stupid rabbit ears things yeah. and your one of your parents always had a theory of how to get that extra channel so like your mom is standing there with a coat hanger in one hand and a penny in her mouth just going like alright turn the channel now now not like that slower slow, turn the volume down. By the amp. By, yeah. Oh, fuck. My mom, when HD television came out five years ago, she was still using the TV that she got as a wedding present in 1982. And so she went to Rogers Cable in Canada to get one of those boxes, and she took a photo of her television and go, how do I plug this in to that? And the, the salesman literally went, well, first thing you do, is you throw that television out and you buy a new television, and my mom was like, I don't think so. So she went to uh, Future Shop or Best Buy, which is like Argos, and found the one guy at that store who was like, if you buy these 11 different wires, you can rig that to that. She went, I will do that. And then she went, she bought it all, set it all up, took photos of it, went back to the guy at Rogers and went, you said it couldn't be done? It was done. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, that has been the Anything Could Be a Podcast podcast. Thank you so much. One very, very quick thing. Being at the Edinburgh Fridge is not free, so what we do ask is at the end, you please donate a little bit of money, and by money we, of course, mean things that fold, that live in your wallet. You've been fantastic. One more time for John with the electric violin. The continuing saga of the military family from Rock, Michigan. My is John Hastings. Have a great night, and remember, I love the smell of napalm, in the morning smells
1: like victory!